Howdy, BuildWit team. This is Alex Horton, podcast producer here at BuildWit. Um, this is the first conversation um, that I'll be having on this podcast feed with members of our team. I'm really excited. Um, I've been looking forward to getting this scheduled and planned. And so this is the very first episode. Um, it's also the first uh, podcast we have, podcast episode that we have, where Aaron is not on it, which means I get to ask whatever questions I want. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Our very first guest is none other than Chell Gerber. Station got to dig in a little bit on just his family history, um, what he did when he first came to build with versus what he's doing now. Um, and as we all know, uh, Chell can definitely get to talking. And so it was nice for me to, to be able to ask the questions I want and then get out of his way. Um, he did great, and so I'm looking forward to having everybody else on the podcast in the next couple months. Um, so without further ado, Mr. Chell Gerber. I asked Chell and Angel at the exact same time to schedule this, and Chell scheduled it first. So, Chell, I don't necessarily want to assume that you're employee number one, but it sounds like there's been a little bit of a fight over that status. Yeah, apparently there was somewhat of of a feud. Angel (laughs) likes to uh, say that I make a big deal out of it, even though I feel like I haven't made a big deal out of it. But um, apparently it's been somewhat of a big deal. I heard Aaron talking about on the Dirt Talk podcast that he was going to go back through the yeah. <laughs> uh, like legal paperwork and yeah. see actually who was first. But um, it was funny. It was a couple weeks ago. Angel sent me. Uh, Angel said he looked up the. He found his offer letter, and it uh-huh. was I think a week. I think it was like March thirteenth. Was it March twelfth or thirteenth of two thousand nineteen? And okay. mine was. My start date that was listed on my offer letter was March 18th. So I think technically Angel might be employee number one. So, though, wait, so, you, but did you start before he started then? No, you I said 18th and 19th. I, no, no, no. So Angel's was the 13th. Got it. Okay. So uh, that's that was the date he said was on his offer letter. I was uh, always okay. under the impression that we started. Uh, I was always under the impression that we started on the same day. Yeah, because I thought we started on the same day. <laughs> but who knows? He, yeah, I, Aaron might have hired him a week before. Before, so I, whatever. Well, that's probably a good place to start. Um, what was your initial kind of responsibility set when you came to build with? Um, you know, honestly, but so. Before I came to Buildwit, I was shooting. Uh, you know, I was doing. I was doing. I was filling the marketing role at my family's construction company. Yeah. And I was shooting photographs and shooting video, and I was editing video. And that was I actually liked doing the video work way more than uh, shooting f- photographs. Mm-hmm. And when I came on, uh, I actually did. I did a trial run. I traveled with Aaron for a week as a contractor. Um, I told him I was going to do it on my own dime and he paid me for it anyway. Oh, nice. Which, yeah, he's, I honestly, that was that, that went a long ways, uh, you know, to, to really just show me that he was very interested in taking care of people. So that was honestly, that was a big thing. Um, but anyway, on my, my, my tryout trip, I actually, he had me shooting video. Um, I shot some photos just to have them, but he's like, yep, you're, you shoot video. Um, you know, and then at at the end of the week, whatever, you take everything and, you know, put together some edits and that'll be that. Um, so, and then when he, when it came to be to, when it came to where he was going to hire me full time, um, you know, he'd hired angel to be a videographer yeah. And technically my my title coming in was project manager, which I had no idea what the hell that meant. <laughs> um I I don't know if Aaron knew what that meant. Um it it was just 
a title, but anyway, so my first week I did M Shaw training actually. Oh wow. And then the second week we went and visited, uh, quite a few, com- we, we visited a few companies in California. We started with LB three, mm-hmm. um, in near San Diego. And, uh, so when I, when I came on full time, it was here, Chell, there's your camera, your yeah. setup and computer and everything. And you're shooting photographs. Okay. So, um, Angel shooting quote unquote, vi- project manager. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, I was the, the project manager was my job title, but I was shooting, shooting photos. Got it. Um, so he had angel shooting video and he was, you know, essentially training me to take photographs like, like he does. So, mm-hmm. um, that was how it started. And then it, uh, morphed into, you know, I'd been here like two months, I think. And he asked me to lead up the website project for national demolition. Yeah. And I think that's where the project manager thing came in, mm-hmm. um, which I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. And we have a lot of other people way more qualified and way better at that stuff than me. Cause that I was just, you know, kind of filling a hole that needed to be filled at the time. Um, and, you know, have since kind of gone a different direction. Well, I think uh, the culture that um, Aaron has, sort of spoken into existence and worked to build with the rest of the team, um, I think really lends itself to that sort of transition, you know, where it's, you came in just wearing a, a certain hat and then you wore a couple more hats. And then as we hired up, you're like, all right, I don't have to do that part anymore. That goes to somebody who's way better at that thing and lets me focus on the stuff that I'm actually, you know, maybe most interested in, but also probably better at, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I talked with Dan a few times while I was like managing website projects and just kept kind of talking about, you know, yeah, I really like, I have these ideas for some videos and I want to be more involved in, you know, this video production end of things. And, um, once we, once we got to the point where we got a little bit more help, you know, the, the, I kind of stepped away from the, project management and website content and, and that whole thing of like all the website builds we were doing. Um, yeah. Chase took on, I think Chase took on the majority of, of all of it. And then, um, you know, kind of hired out from there. When I was working on the website stuff for s- six months on uh, the WP engine account, like I would have to delete your email address from the list <laughs> of like who would be notified when like a, a new version has been deployed to like the production level. Right. And I was like, he, he doesn't need to be on here. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. But, <laughs> Thank it, but, you. To, but it like kind of said a lot about um, the roots of Buildwin in a lot of ways where it was just like Chell was, that's what he was working on at one point, And he's very thankful that he's not anymore, but that's just sort of where we were. Yeah. Well, and, and Aaron told me one time that part of the reason he hired me was because I had built a website for my family's company. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't just, um, you know, necessarily my photo work or my video or whatever. Um, but in large part, it was, uh, that I had taught myself how to build a website. And, you know, when, when I, when I was doing that job, I built a website from ground up, you know, through, uh, YouTube videos, basically, um, built a, a WordPress website and yeah. for what it was, it looked pretty dang good. Yeah. I think that that's probably like a pretty good hiring practice is like hiring a collection of either like rock stars at one thing or like utility guys you know, to kind of fill in the gaps and everybody, you know, it's like Chase was doing a lot of that sort of that same thing. What's like, well, you know, he is a designer, but he also has done some of this management stuff, but he also does this branding stuff. And he has like enough understanding of the website stuff to Mm -hmm. kind of manage that stuff. I said stuff a lot through that. Um, 
and then it just became to a point where it's like, all right, we just need to hire people who focus on this kind of stuff. And, you know, right. Um, well, so I think that's, that's, that's pretty fascinating, but also I, I think, um, is a good segue into, you, you mentioned the family business. Um, how long did you work there? Did you go right out um, of high school? Yeah. Like full time. Yes. But I mean, I, I was, you know, cleaning the office when I was like five or six, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I would, you know, growing up uh, every now and then I'd go to work with my dad on Saturdays type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where occasionally we would go out to a job site, but most of the time, like we would go to the yard and I'd help him, you know, load up trailers or unload trailers with, you know, whatever supplies and crap and tools and everything that he, you know, needed for the next week or was bringing back to the office or to, you know, to the shop to, to drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of kind of my experience with construction when I was a kid growing up, kind of growing up in it. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't, there's some kids. So f- funny, r- real, just funny story. <clears throat> um, we went to, couple weeks ago we went to read contracting and now rogers or whatever um but we were doing a video for mike reed and we interviewed his kids and we were talking to chaston and he's i think he's a year younger than me i think he's 32 Mm -hmm. um and he was just telling us about like oh he loved going to work with his dad so much and like he, he was i was envisioning like a baby mike reed like just following him and like just he was just he just wanted to work. He loved work. He loved his dad. He loved going to work with him. And like, that's all he ever wanted to do. And that's what he was doing. And that was his whole, you know, life path. And it was just kind of like right there for him. And he loved it. And I was just like contrasting that with my own experience growing up with, you know, a dad who was a, you know, business owner owned a construction business and working in it. Um, and I was like, I, (laughs) I hated going to work with my dad, Yeah, you know? Um, it was just, it was just work, you know, like I, I got to, you know, he taught me how to operate, you know, a backhoe and a mini excavator. And I was pretty young when he put me on like a larger excavator. I still mm-hmm. remember those times. Um, but like, I, I didn't have any grand ambitions or aspirations like, yep, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be an equipment operator when I grow up, I'm going into the family business. Um, you know, that just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was pretty big into sports, you know, when I was, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, I played a lot of sports. I was pretty into hockey and snowboarding and I don't know, had some grand delusion that maybe I'd be become some sort of professional athlete, but yeah. didn't, didn't like even pursue it enough to like make that a reality. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I kind of was halfway aimless where, you know, I was like, well, I just, I know I don't want to work construction. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And, and so, and then, so right out of high school, I ended up working construction cause I didn't want to go to college. Yeah. There was with, with the college thing. Was it just like, I don't want to, you know, accrue any debt while I'm trying to, trying to decide what I want to do or just like the idea of college didn't appeal or what was that? Um, that's funny. You asked that question. Uh, just kind of, I had a memory pop in my head. I remember telling my mom that, um, that I didn't want to go to college and like pay money for it and not know what I was going to like go to school for. Yeah. I didn't. And and, like, I didn't, I didn't want to go into debt. Like, um, which, you know, I, my family's fairly well off. I'm pretty sure if I wanted to go to college, my parents would have paid for it. Yeah. Um, except what's funny is I, I actually did go to a semester of college um, when I was 21 or tw- no, I was 22. I did a semester of college and I paid for it. So, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, the, the initial like aversion to college was, um, I'm sick of high school and I don't know what I want to do. So why, why go to college? Why spend the money, the effort? Um, like I'll just, I'll just go work with my dad and, 
you know, make some money. From where did you grow up? Utah. In, oh, I mean in Utah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. So I live in Lehigh, Utah. Mm-hmm. I I live. Um, I share a boundary with my uh, with my parents where I grew oh, up. Okay. Yeah. So I actually like where my house sits. Uh, there actually used to be a pond that like I would play. I, I when when I was a kid, me and my friends would like play in the pond and like play with my dogs in the pond and you know throw sticks and yeah the the dogs would fetch them in the pond. So I live like right exactly where I grew up. Okay, so my cool. parents are my parents' house are you know it's like in the backyard basically. My kids can go run up the hill and go see grandma and grandpa basically awesome. whenever they want. Yeah. Did your so, wife grow um, up there too? Yeah, she grew up. Uh, she was about two miles away from uh, where we live currently. And, you know, we went to the same schools. Um, she was a little younger though, so we never met until after she graduated high school. Okay. Um, so so do y'all, are y'all like on some significant like property or is it like a neighborhood? How's that set up out there? So my dad built his house um, in like 91-ish, mm-hmm. 90-91. Um, Do you have any memory of that? You're probably a little too young, right? Uh, I was like four when we moved in. Yeah. I vaguely remember some of it. I, like, There's a lot of pictures, maybe not a lot of pictures, but there's there's a handful of pictures where I was a kid, you know, running around. Uh you know, in the, or like outside the house being constructed. So, and it, it's, yeah, well, we don't have to get into that, but my dad built a concrete <laughs> house. So he, he designed yeah. and built his own concrete house. Um, that's cool. So, but anyway, uh, Oh, you asked about significant land. So he built, then he has, he has like five acres. Okay. Um, and then, throughout the years, as I was growing up, they kept developing everything around us. Um, and so we actually, we live, we live in the development that's right next to his property. So we live Got in it. like okay. a, we, we live in like an L shaped cul-de-sac neighborhood. Yeah. And then behind my house is my dad's property. Oh, okay. One so, thing I do know is that I feel like there's a mountain extremely close to your house. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I saw you maybe like take a video of yourself like in your driveway and it was like, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a mountain right there. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're in the valley. So yeah. it's, um, if, if nobody, if anybody listening to this, if they're not familiar with Utah, um, it's, yeah, we're, we're down in the valley and there's on the east side of us is the Wasatch front. Um, just, you know, massive mountains. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the, a s- kind of a smaller mountain range that's to the West of us. So, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's really cool. I, everywhere we, we, you know, we travel all over, right. Yeah. And every time we go somewhere that's flat, I get lost because I don't have any bearing of where I'm at. So, and Eric always you gets can't like look be- to the sky and see where the you know where right the exactly are. exactly. I always know where I'm at, what direction I'm pointing when I'm at home. Like always, yeah. Um, I even do like I do really well in California too. There's a lot of mountains in California, and I can kind of you know pick out points and know kind of where I'm oriented. Yeah, but I was gonna say Eric gets pissed because I like to keep my Google Maps oriented north. So when we're when we're oh, as opposed through, to going like this, yes. you're just as opposed to like the, it following the roads and like you get all turned around and everything. So yeah, um, I change it every now and then because sometimes it is easier to like actually make the right turn uh, when you're, you know, when you're following the the map when it's like tracing the line for you. Yeah, but a lot of times I like to have the map facing north so that I know. It's it's easier for me to kind of orient myself what direction we're going. I feel you on that. There's in Nashville. There's a uh, like an I guess an exit where if you want to go right, you have to take the left, and if you want to go left, you have to take the right. They kind of like crisscross. And right. I feel like the when I drove down here to live, my dad was like falling behind me. We both just had like two really really full cars, 
and I like went the wrong way and I had to like stop and he was just like so pissed. He's like, Do you know where you're going? I'm like, sort of. It, it's confusing. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I I take more I'm usually like really good with navigation and directions. Yeah. And out on all these trips we go on, I I take uh more like wrong turns. I miss more turns than I care to admit. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Are you the driver typically? Uh, it depends. Um, if we're out, if we're with Aaron, Aaron usually drives. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of, it's kind of almost like whoever kind of leads and plans the trip and, and like kind of books the rental car ends up yeah. being the driver. Okay. Um, but then also, you know, we'll kind of, me and Eric will switch back and forth sometimes depending on just whatever's going on. Well, it's, it's not like if you really wanted to drive this trip, it's not like you won't have another opportunity. You can just wait three days and there'll be another <laughs> rental car. Oh yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. So what exactly is your role now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, are you, is, is it, are you content producer? Um, I, know I, what it's called? I think in my email signature, I'm content producer. And I think on my LinkedIn, I'm content manager. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know the, I feel like a lot of other people here are kind of the same way where like, they kind of don't really care about what, what their title is. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Aaron kind of sets that example. He's like, oh, I'm, you know, chief dirt nerd or whatever. And it's like, it's, I don't really care what my title is. Um, <laughs> a fun, funny story we actually interviewed a guy that was applying for the videographer position mm-hmm. and uh he he said he said during the interview he's like he's like yeah i just i just want to do whatever i can to grow my title and me and angel and eric started like we were slacking while we were on the call with him together and and angel's like nope this guy it's not this guy <laughs> he ain't gonna fit in here it well, yeah, funny, it's like but... after he brings it up, you can say, "Yeah," and our our COO Dan can't wait till he's not the COO anymore, <laughs> right? You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of culture we have where it's like, "Yeah, I don't really care about the title, and if it's a big title, I don't necessarily want it." Yeah. Um. So anyway, I guess uh, yeah, content producer, manager, whatever. Um. I it's probably not. I don't know. Somebody else, somebody else probably have a better idea of it than I do, but it's probably not the right title. Yeah. Um, well, what, what do you do then? So, <laughs> so, so, uh, right now, you know, Aaron kind of asked me to, you know, lead up the video production team. Um, and so that's kind of that I'm, you know, organizing, planning logistics and trips, upcoming projects, um, you know, kind of helping get Eric up to speed with what we've been doing. He, you know, Eric spent time with Aaron and with me. Um, I've spent a lot of time with Aaron over the last two years, you know, working through traveling and like, that's figuring out how we're going to do all the work and like the logistics of getting from, you know, A to B to C yeah, and fitting it all in is like, um, that's a, it, I don't know. It's, it's kind of fun because it's a it's a challenge, you know. You yeah. got to kind of put it together like a puzzle piece, um, but it's also pretty daunting some days. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm, um, you know, filling that role of kind of leading and managing the, you know, a lot of the video production that we're doing right now. Are Are you and shooting then, photos when you're out too? Yes. Okay. So when, when I'm on site on all these visits we go on, I'm actually shooting photographs on the ground. Mm-hmm. The only time I actually shoot any video is uh, when I put a drone up in the air. Because when you're, um, the way I've explained it is when you're flying a drone, it's so easy to switch back and forth from photo to video. And you already have the drone up there. Yeah. And so you might as well kind of like shoot both. Sure. And a lot of times, a lot of times we'll put a drone up and like I'll shoot photos and then I'll hand the control over to Angel and Angel will shoot videos. Kind of get what he needs from it. 
Versus exactly. that's a little different than what you're doing. Exactly. So he, you know, Angel sees things in, in video and yeah. then I see things in, in still images. But, you know, sometimes Angel's off shooting or doing whatever he's doing or like I'm flying the drone and I, I like video and every, every now and then, you know, I think I can get a good shot and I'm flying the drone. So it's like, hey, I might as well, fill, you know, get a video. Yeah, turn it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just turn it on and film. So, mm-hmm. um, so I shoot, you know, like 1% video and like 99% photographs sure. basically. Um, uh, you do a lot of the, the interviewing for these, for videos, right? I feel like I've heard you kind of in the background yes. doing a lot of that. Yeah. So I guess on like the shoots, I'm kind of filling like a director type role. I don't know. I, I've never... I never worked for a video production company or anything, but I, I think that's what it is, is director when you're kind of coordinating, directing the, the shoot and, um, you know, kind of planning out who we're going to talk to and when, and helping get it all set up and yeah. actually doing the interviews. So, um, that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, we're, also, you know, like I said, bringing Eric up to speed, Eric's taken on, um, quite a bit of that. He, Eric did all the interviews at the turf visit we did, uh, back in February. And then, uh, for both the JW Fowler trips, he, he did all the, all the interviews and and everything for that. Nice. Yeah. What do you think is the, um, biggest value in having, um, people like yourself or Eric um, that have have worked as operators in the past and have a lot of that kind of experience. What do you think the value is of that when it comes to um, interviewing people on site? Um, I think it comes down to just being able to connect with and talk to the person like as a person and like understand a little bit more about their job. Yeah. Like I, you know, through my experience in construction, like I know, I know what it takes to sit in the seat of an excavator or what, you know, or a haul truck or whatever for, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, you know, in, in the heat, in the cold, um, whatever, and just get the job done. Right. And like, it's not comfortable. It's not, it's not easy. Um, it, you know, it wears you out. Uh, if, if you're operating a loader or, you know, or, or a haul truck, you know, they're both wheeled rubber tired wheeled vehicles. <clears throat> um, if you're operating one of those for, you know, three, four five, six hours in a day or more, mm-hmm. just imagine going on a bumpy road trip all day long. Yeah. You know, it's like o- they got only cushion- dirt roads. Yeah. Like, well, they've got, you know, they've got a cushioned seat, right? Yeah. Most of them have like an air cushioned seat. It's got a suspension, right? But you're, you're going over bumps and, and everything. Like it's not, unless you're operating in a paved parking lot. Right. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, just knowing, knowing what the people go through and knowing the elements that they actually, you know, do their jobs in and having a respect for that. And just being able to, you know, connect with the people, um, I, I feel like, I feel like somebody who hasn't worked the job, I mean, there, there's, there's people who are probably, you know, very naturally gifted, you know, like people, like a people person yeah, where they can just you know, talk to and connect with like anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to kind of just have that, have that in common up front and not have to like, uh, you know, struggle through connecting with them like too much. Sure. Like there, there's always, there's always those people that are, you know, challenging to talk to and challenging to yeah. interview and, a lot of times you, you know, you put a camera on somebody and they don't want to have anything to do with you. So, and it's like, well, I'm just, I'm just talking to you guys because, you know, my boss said I have to basically like, 
I'm yeah. doing it because the company, the, because the company said so. And you know, it's right. It's my paycheck on the line. So, um, sometimes you, you get people like that and it's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, as far as the value that, you know, me or Eric, I, I think it's just kind of getting over that initial connection and having that mutual respect that like, you know, Hey, I've kind of been in your shoes before. And if you can get across to them that, you know, that's the case, then I don't know. It, it's, if you can talk to somebody on a job site and kind of like throw out some of the, the industry insider language, yeah, like it, it, it it just kind of breaks the ice a little because they're like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they kind of, they know, they know what's going on here. They, they can grasp what's happening. They understand, you know, a little bit of the work or this specific project or whatever. And, and they kind of let their guard down a little bit. I'm sure that there's something about having that like a niche or immediate credibility, you know, when they, when they hear you kind of mention something that's not, I don't know, super obvious, but if you've been in, in the seat before, you, you kind of know about. I, I'm sure that can be really disarming um, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you enjoy about your job? Um, if anything. If you don't enjoy anything, we can <laughs> cut this whole part out. No. Uh, I actually thought about it earlier. Um, I was thinking about like a potential Instagram post. Um, but I, like, I, I really enjoy working for a company that is like mission focused. You know, we're not, we're not just in it to make a video or take a picture and make a little bit of money and, oh, on to the next one. And, yeah. you know, like the whole kind of mentality of like selling widgets, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I know, I grasp the mission of, you know, making the dirt world a better place. I get it. I identify with it. It means something to me personally. And so, you know, I, I just, I connect with it on a a level that's deeper than, you know, just a job. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's like, well, it's like, it's worth it to me to be putting in all the extra time and effort and, you know, traveling on weekends or working late nights or early mornings and whatever, like there, you know, like Friday night, I'm thinking about like, okay, I, I got, a, I got a lot of stuff to do and I like my job and I need to wake up early Saturday morning and freaking work on some stuff. Yeah. Um, which like, I, I was never like that before in any, you know, in, construction is yeah. like oh my gosh like i have to go work on saturday like do you know what i mean St- yeah. stuff like that so um i just i like being a part of you know build with because it's you know mission focused um you know and i identify with it um and then as far as like you know more of like a tactical level of like what do i enjoy about my job um I'm so I I've, I've explained it to people. I kind of have the best of both worlds in that I work from home and I travel for work and working from home is like the best thing in the world because, you know, you have a lot of freedom, a lot of flexibility. You don't have anybody, you know, breathing down your neck that, Oh, Hey, it's like that, uh, that time clock fraud thing that, uh, I don't remember who put it in Slack. I think I did. Was that you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I couldn't remember if it was you or, or Benjamin, uh, Ben Holmgren. Uh, so it's like you work from home, right? So you don't have, like, you don't have that whole like weird pressure. Um, but then, so like, that's the best thing in the world. But then on the other hand, you work from home and, you know, I've got a family and I've got a wife and kids and they're doing their things. They're living their lives. Um, I work in my basement office and my wife coaches tumbling and she also 
works in the basement. So on the other side of the wall behind me, you know, she's got a, a cheer floor or she's got a tumble floor, tumble, a tumbling floor where she coaches tumbling, you know, and she has between, you know, eight and 12 or 14 girls over there in the afternoons. Um, we actually had to reschedule this podcast yeah, because we were going to do it yesterday. And then I overlooked the fact that it was going to be super noisy on the other <laughs> side of the wall. So, uh, um, she didn't have tumbling class today. Yeah. So here we are. But, How high are your basement ceilings? <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're real close to eight foot. So I guess any, like, she probably advanced, can't tumble in there. She can do, um, she can do like standing tucks and stuff. Okay. But she couldn't like so, do like a run, like, ru- like, like running, running, tumbling. They can't do that. Yeah. Um, she'll, she goes and, uh, like rents or borrows a, like a different facility, uh, for coaching the more advanced classes. Yeah. And, or now that the weather is warming up, she'll actually do that outside at our house with, uh, she has a, uh, what's it called? She has an air track. It's an, in, like an inflatable tumbling mat, like spring cool. floor. So yeah. she put, she puts that out in the yard and, uh, she does that. So, um, anyway, so working from home is the best thing in the world, but it's also the worst thing in the world because there's so many distractions. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like, and, and so when I work, when I worked in an office, it was like, yes, there's distractions. There's other people talking and making noise and whatever, but it's like, well, they're not my problem to worry about. They're other people and they're doing their jobs and all this stuff. But like working at home, like that's my family, that's my kids, that's whatever. And it's like, I have a hard time shutting that out sometimes. Um, especially, you know, with the last year with COVID and everything and being home a lot. And for the first half of the year, we homeschooled my daughter. Um, so, and then we ended up sending her to, to school, I think in January. Um, which has kind of helped relieve some of the stress uh, and a little bit of the chaos because she's gone to school and kind of out doing her thing yeah. uh, for a few hours every day, which is great. Um, but anyway, so so working from home is the best thing in the world, but it's also the worst thing in the world because it's really hard to avoid the distractions and the and the and the chaos, right? Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, traveling for work is also the best and the worst thing in the world because, at least, you know, this is the, this is all my opinion. Yeah. But um, it's the worst thing in the world because, well, hey, I'm I'm traveling. I'm away from my family. It's hard on them. It's hard on me. I miss them. Um, and you know, I got young kids and I want to be around for them. Uh, so it, it, it sucks. Right. And then on the other hand, it's the best thing in the world because it's like, man, I'm getting out of my house. I'm traveling all over the country. I'm seeing new sites. I'm seeing new people. I'm experiencing new places and things. And, you know, we, we honestly, we eat pretty well on the road. Like we don't, we don't do like the gas station bullshit food and mcdonald's like you know we don't do that like we we try to find like pretty decent restaurants you know that are you know try to eat like good food and as healthy as possible yeah um so like that's that's great and then you know when i do travel it gives me an opportunity to focus on my work so there's, there's less distractions and chaos because I'm traveling for work. I'm focused. I'm in the zone kind of. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, this whole best and worst of both worlds type of thing, which is, you know, it's, it's just an ongoing balancing act is what it is. Yeah. You kind of have to like get but, to a point where you can live with it no matter what <laughs> it is. You know, it's like if, if exactly, you know, the, the traveling thing, as much as you're gone, that doesn't work for some people, you know, and certainly some people in our company, even that would right. just be like, yeah, I can't do that. But, right. you know, like, like you said, it, you're able to 
see the the positives in both working from home and being able to travel a lot too. Yeah. Um, and I guess what like makes it like what makes it okay, like the the travel aspect, right? If I had to like travel out and go meet with so and so, you know, in their office and discuss, I don't know, whatever business plan or marketing scheme or I, whatever, like that doesn't do it for me. Right. Yeah. I, I really enjoy spending my time on job sites. Um, I really enjoy shooting photographs. I really enjoy getting out, meeting new people that, you know, at the companies we work with, there's so many fantastic people out there and just being able to, you know, sit there and, and meet somebody new from somewhere else and, kind of talk with them and connect with them. And, you know, like those experiences are, you know, I, I really enjoy those experiences. Um, and then also I love shooting photographs. So, and it's just something, you know, it's just, it's something fun. It's like, you're, you know, you're chasing that shot, right? Mm -hmm. It's you're, you're looking for something new. You're looking for a new angle. You're looking how to use the light. Um, you know, you're looking on, okay, this is, it, it's, you know, it, it's a game of sorts when it comes down to it. Like you're just trying to, I don't know. I guess it's a, the, the game I play. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm, I'm not the only, I'm not the only one here that, you know, gets a kick out of it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was telling my wife this week, um, I have not flown on an airplane for BuildWit, and I feel like I'm definitely in the minority. Oh man! You know, I I had one trip booked for the um, I wasn't the round table. It was something in Arizona right after Con Expo, mm. and my my wife was pregnant and going to have a baby. Well, she did have a baby in like mid April last year. And so Con Expo, I think, was like a month before that or something like that. And so Aaron yeah. had said, you know, he's like, you probably only need to come to one. Um, and I said, okay. And it felt like whatever the thing in Arizona was seemed like more useful for me because <laughs> Con Expo is like, Aaron's like, there's probably nothing for you to do there. I mean, you just go. But I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I don't, I don't have to travel for the sake of, you know, being part of the team right now when my wife's nine right. months pregnant. Um but obviously like that all canceled. And so, um, yeah, like I, I couldn't believe when I, when I think about how much like you and Aaron and Angel and now Eric, um, are out there in the field. Um, and I'm, I'm have been thankful during kind of my, my season of life in the past year that, um, I didn't have to like say, like play that game a little bit, but I do look forward right. to, um, kind of in the new podcast role, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for that to, to, to balance that a little bit better in a way that makes sense. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a certain amount of in-person podcasts that may require Alex Horton for sure. And you know, once, once we get the, the studio or just the whole build it office here in Nashville, um, finished out, you know, almost all of the podcasts will be in the studio with me and Aaron and the guest. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think kind of once we get into that workflow, I think it'll be probably harder and harder for Aaron to just do it himself out in the field, you know, just, there'll just be, I think there'll be certain guests that yeah. we should bring the whole crew. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a great idea. And you could even, you know, you could even get to the point where you're like filming them and put them on, you know, YouTube or whatever, kind of how there's a lot of other people like Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah. He did stuff I, like that. I think that. that's the goal be, for the, for the studio. At yeah, least. Yeah. 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 Um, I got one Doing last on thing. the road might be cool. Yeah, I would, trust me. I've I've got, I've got little I ideas that I, I keep. I have like a a text edit document that I just like drop in ideas for. It's like this might be garbage. I want to put it in here. I'll come back to it. Um, right. I got one last thing. Um, then I'll let you go. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to me about your thing about Jocko. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard you mention it before. So it he. What's his like thing? I know he's got a podcast and it seems to have, he's got like books and stuff, right? Like a lot of things yeah. out there. Okay. So, um, 
<laughs> this, this is funny. <clears throat> um, so Jocko, uh, Jocko's a Navy SEAL. Okay. Or was, he, he's retired Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's written, he's written some books. One of them is Extreme Ownership. I know there's a handful of people here and a handful of our partners who've all read that book. Um, I listened to it. I listened to the audiobook in summer of 2019. Uh, amazing book. It really, I, I believe a lot in personal responsibility. Um, and essentially that's what that book preaches. Yeah. It's like, if, you know, if you have a problem, like whatever it is, like you own it. Um, and I think just uh, while we're talking about it, I think Aaron has been a, Aaron's been a very good example of like actually putting that into practice Mm -hmm. in like all areas, um, which has been really cool to watch. Um, I'm probably not as good at it. (laughs) Um, but I, I love, I love, you know, just the, the personal, personal responsibility. That's kind of, you know, my, I don't know, worldview, I guess. So anyway, Jocko, he's written, written some books, Uh, you know, they're all like leadership business. Um, he's got his podcast. Um, and then he's got some other stuff that he's involved in, uh, which is, um, supplements, protein powders, and, uh, origin main. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's got an energy drink. It's the Jocko fuel or go or whatever. We just call him, we just call him Jocko. Like I want to going to drink a Jocko or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, it's like a healthy quote unquote, healthy alternative to, you know, Red Bull monster, the standard. Yeah sugar loaded energy drink. It's like, you know, the all natural version. Um, I really like them. I, you know, I buy them in cases on Amazon. Uh, and then, so then he's, he's involved in another company. It's called origin Maine. They make, um, they make boots and jeans and, you know, apparel, whatever. And it's all, Everything that they're doing with Origin Maine, it's all 100% made in America with, uh, as far as I know, all, um, you know, like no, no imported goods. Wow. That might not be the case with the supplements. I'm not totally sure. Um, but everything is all made in Maine. So the, the boots I have, which I, I bought when, when me and Angel visited Sargent in October last year, we were about... 40 minutes away from, uh, the origin origins retail store in their factory. Yeah. And so I went cause I'd been wanting to try these boots on for a year. I could never pull the trigger online to buy them cause I'd never tried them on. And they're expensive too. Yeah. They're expensive. They're super expensive. And I was, I was so the boots I got, I think online, they're like 390 bucks Whew. and I was ready and willing to pay 390 bucks for these boots. Once I tried them on mm-hmm. and we got to the counter and and she, she rang us up and it was like $184 and it was like, what? Or 189. Yeah. Um, she, uh, I looked at angel and we were like, wait, what? And I, I said to her, I was like, I, I thought the boots were more expensive than this. She's like, Oh, well, uh, you're in store. You get our factory discount. Well, that's it was 50%. Cool. Yeah. So if you buy any of their, like their hard goods or whatever. Yeah. It's certainly a worthwhile stop if you're in the area for sure. That's cool. Exactly. So since it was so cheap, I got me a pair of jeans too. Cause they're, <laughs> they're 50 bucks. They're 50 I, bucks instead of a hundred. It's like, well now I got an extra $150 that I was planning to spend on boots. I exactly. better buy something else. Exactly. So, and they've been, they've been by far the best boots I've ever had in my life. So they're awesome. You've got the ones they're with all, like the, the white soles, right? Or the, yeah, the, it's whatever. like a, it's like a crepe. It's like a Vibram crepe sole, flat sole or whatever. That's cool. And they're the they're the bison boots. I freaking love them. I'm I'm kind of boot obsessed. Um I feel like the minute I buy a pair of boots, I'm like, man, can't wait to buy the next pair of boots. 
You know? <laughs> right. It's like, I don't need two pairs of work boots, but like, what if I want a pull-on pair and a lace-up pair, you know? Well, what's funny is like, you know, I used to wear work boots every single day going to work. Um, but like, I would never, I would never, ever, ever wear boots like going out or like casually or anything, you know, it was only just if I was working. Yeah. And now I'll actually, these origin boots, like we go out to dinner, like I'll put my boots on, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't, for, for years, you know, my go-to shoe was, you know, like a Vans or Supra, like, like a kind of like standard skate shoe. Yeah. And I don't even have a pair anymore. Just growing up, man. (laughs) Oh gosh. Don't say that. We're the same age. I feel like I can at least think it. <laughs> uh, well, Chell, man, I, I really appreciate you making the time today. Um, I feel like that was a pretty good, good conversation. I feel like we probably went longer than like I will with Angel, for instance. Um, I don't know. You might get him talking. That's true. If I can get him on the right stuff, that'd be good. Um, but, man, I, I appreciate you making the time and um, of course, b- being candid and open. Um, I think that'll be a good example for everybody to follow. Um, I wasn't too painful, right? No, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, it was great to, you know, sit here and talk with you. Yeah. Um, it honestly wasn't a whole lot different than I mean, a little, little different content, but as far as like just being comfortable sitting here, doing it, have the conversation, it wasn't a whole lot different than talking to, uh, Jake Schmidt line yesterday for my you know fireside chat thing that we were doing, oh, yeah. which I think is a great idea as well. I look forward to that so, too. Um, I think mine's scheduled for next week, um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, well, I think the more transparent, open communication we can have across the the team, you know, at large, the the better we're going to be. So. Yeah, and and you you can't you can't fake that kind of thing. You know, it's like. If if Aaron's living that way, if Jake's living that way, if Dan's living that way, if Lori's living that way, you know, I think that just that bleeds into the rest of the company in a way that's really valuable. Um, so yeah. that's cool. I look forward to having that conversation with Jake. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Chell, I really appreciate it, dude. Um, have a good night, and we will talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Alex. And that was a conversation with Chell. Um, thanks to Chell for being my guinea pig on this, um, diving in without really knowing how it was going to go. I'm very thankful for that. Um, looking forward to my next conversation, um, which will be with Mr. Clay Thompson, um, our, one of our senior brand strategists here at BuildWit. Um, I'm trying to do a conversation with somebody who's been here for a long time and then alternate with the, alternate that with somebody who has not been here for a long time. Um, so he is going to be my next guest, um, in two weeks. And with that, I guess the only thing I have left to say is the tagline that Aaron says. So, stay dirty? Question mark? Question mark?